These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's talking Twins time. Zolgad, Jake DePew, and executive producer Declan Goff. As always, uh, we bring you just really first-class Twins conversation because this team is so exciting to talk about. <laughs> they play through monsoons. They they decide to bang games where there's no rain. <sighs> All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. We are th- approximately, in fact, I believe tomorrow, Friday, or I'm sorry, two days from now, Friday, is three weeks from the Major League Trade deadline, which is going to be at 3 p.m. Central Time on July 30th, which is a Friday. It's ordinarily on the 31st, but obviously that's a weekend. So, Jake, they have moved up the trade deadline. What does your gut tell you right now about, you know, beyond, you know, Simmons, I got to think, gets moved, right? Cruz, God Mm -hmm. love him, he's an all-star, gets moved. But when we get to the when we get to the main players here who have been discussed extensively, and that includes Jose Barrios, what do your spidey senses tell you about what the Twins will do by the deadline? My spidey senses tell me that they're going to trade a lot of guys who aren't on uh, expiring contracts. I think they're going to trade Barrios. I don't think that would be the right move, but I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to trade Taylor Rogers. I, I don't think they'll trade Buxton because he's hurt. Um, and I think that complicates things. And I think they're going to try to trade Donaldson. Um, and there's been some steam on that from, I think it was Andy Martino, Mets um, reporter, who who uh, originally said that that there were some pre- preliminary talks. So I think they're going to basically blow it all up um, and and uh, and go into rebuild mode. And and that I didn't have that opinion a couple of weeks ago, uh, but I just I, I think that they really believe. And I said this last week. I think they really believe they can flip. Barrios into a couple of guys that they can develop into Barrioses. Again, it's just totally fair to question, like, why do you believe that? Because they haven't developed anybody at the at the MLB level. Bailey Ober is maybe the first one that's starting to emerge a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I just I think Barrios wants to go to free agency. I've, that's not reporting. That's just my assumption. Yep. Um, and I don't blame him. I mean, you know, guys work a long time to get to free agency and, and maybe there's some things he's not happy about in Minnesota. Who knows? But uh, I, I, if he does want to test free agency, then they should probably move him, you know, I mean, but it's punning on 2022, but there may not be a season in 2022. And so that plays in the equation as well. So I actually think it's going to be a super um, interesting trade filled trade deadline for the twins, uh, which was not the case in 2019 as it should have been when I remember we had the three of us and Phil were doing like a trade deadline special where we were on for like two hours and all they did was trade for Sergio Romo and Sam Dyson. Um, I think it's going to be different this year. I think they're, I think they're going to blow it up. Uh, What do you think? What's your sense? I've given this a ton of thought because what you just said makes a lot of sense. And if Rios is intent on becoming a free agent after 2022, which I think he probably is. I think he wants to, I think he wants to break the bank on this next contract. And I don't blame him one bit. Um, I don't know that the twins are going to give him what he wants, which I think he's going to shoot for ace money, like a Mm -hmm. big time ace. He's not that, but he's a very good pitcher. But here's where I land right now. And this could change by next week. I don't think they have the guts to do it. I don't think they have the guts to trade Barrios. <laughs> I really don't because because here's the thing. With what they've done, pitching-wise especially, I think internally, and this is very privately, so this is not outward, 
I think they, Jake, I think they have to be questioning themselves. Uh, or they certainly should be if they're smart. And trading yeah. Barrios is trading away what you consider to be, and I'll, I'll get to this in one second, but if you think there's going to be a 2022, it's trading away what, I don't want to say a sure thing because he's not that great, but he's damn good. And it's trading away a known commodity. That that might be the, the best term. It's trading away a really known pitching commodity of which you have very few. And the more that you go out and try and fill in the backside of the rotation, the more it's evident that you really don't know what you're doing consistently. So what you just said, I like a lot and I agree. But the more I think about this, that Trey Brios would take cojones to a degree of saying, we know what we're getting in, in let's say, two guys back to replace him eventually. And I don't know that they would be that confident in themselves because pitching-wise, I'll ask you a very simple question. What's really gone right? Like, what have they done where you're like, you know what, that was a really good pitching move. Now, I know that Derek Falvey was brought here for pitching purposes. I get all of that. but. He's been here for a long time now, and I'm I'm getting a little bit tired of. Well, you don't understand, Judd, because the the guys uh, who are who are up and coming didn't get to play in the minor leagues in 2020, and so it all got stopped for a, a year, and their progress was stopped. And I get that, okay, but that doesn't preclude that doesn't excuse how much you've seemingly sort of just whiffed on things. So I'm going to say, while they definitely have the guts to make trades in a situation where they're dumping, I'm going to call their bluff and say they don't have the guts to trade the one pitcher that they've got. And Maeda potentially, but he's been really up and down this year, and he was great last time out. But Barrios is the one sure thing I see. I don't know that they can pull the trigger on that trade. But that would be an admission, as you just said, that would be an admission that they don't really feel confident in themselves anymore, I think. If they don't trade him, for the reasons that you're that you're saying, um, and wh- while I would tend to agree that they probably should they shouldn't feel confident in themselves no. anymore in terms of developing pitching because they haven't developed any. Again, Bailey Ober um, looks good, and then they've got all these guys at AAA uh, who seem promising. But we've seen that before. How, how you know we heard about Steven Gonzalez and Fernando Romero for years, right? And then they never were able to develop those guys at the big league level. Right. Uh, and there have been others as well. But I, I just. I still think that that they are. I think they have hubris that they can develop pitching better than the next team can, and I think that's why they're going to move Barrios and, and get arms. But but if they don't trade him, and they would never say this publicly, so we wouldn't know. But if they don't trade him, and the reason is that they think, uh, you know, that they that they just can't do this as well as as, as they thought they could, uh, then you know we need to start having other conversations because if they can't develop pitching then what are we even doing here? You, you know, no, I mean, right. they, they were you. brought in, they were brought in to develop pitching and, you know, I'm willing to give them, I, I'm willing to, to give them one more year because I want to see this next crop of, of Winder and Belzovic and Duran yes. uh, and Canarino. Yes. Uh, I, I want to see if, if they can turn a couple of those guys in, uh, into legit big league starters. But um, I, I mean, I, I just, I don't get, I'm with you. Like, I don't get where all of this, like, you don't understand. They've been so great. Like, they haven't been great at developing started pitching. They've been very good at other things. They they produced 2019 and 2020. Those were, those are very good teams. But like, 
there's nothing to show. I mean, there's just, no, I mean, like, again, Bailey Ober's made like five starts. He looks pretty good. Other than that, there's just no evidence to point to that they can successfully develop MLB starters. So like, I, I like where, where's that coming from? You know, like what, like what's the, like I'm genuinely asking, like what's the argument um, in defense of them developing starting pitching or, or even bullpen arms? Because, you know, they developed Taylor Rogers pretty well, I guess, um, and Duffy, but generally it's, it's not there. Like, I, I just, I, what would, what would the counter argument be? Like, what are people saying to you? Like you, you said, Judd, they don't understand. You know, you don't understand. Well, a lot of the What's thing their is, argument? is the young arms that are supposed to come up in 2022 might've come up in 2021, but those guys all lost a year because they couldn't play. And if, you know, they didn't get sent to the alternate site, then they didn't pitch at all, or they, they had to pitch on the side in their backyard or something like that. That's the argument. My argument back is, yeah, but look at what they have done that we're seeing. Like, I mean, they signed Jay Happ. They signed the shoe. These guys were awful. They absolutely awful. They So in the last two years, just as far as filling in the rotation, they have signed Shoemaker, Happ, Hill, who was great this year in Tampa, um, and Homer Bailey. Okay? 75% of those guys are no good. And Hill was hurt here. And you couldn't be surprised because he gets hurt a lot. So, like, there's – my point is, can you – what have you shown me yet that you can identify guys? And Brios is not yours. You, you were gifted him. So, I just – I get tired of this automatic defense of, well, you should wait on this, you should wait on that. That's very old-school twins. Like, we we heard that with Terry Ryan. Um, and I understand every prospect is not going to develop, but Derek Falvey was brought here for a specific purpose because of Cleveland's pitching pipeline. And I've always said this too, the danger, and look, this is a danger any team takes that hires a guy who's part of a successful operation is what role did he really play? And does he, and, and my, so Jake, I, I talked about this with Phil and I think that you probably agree, but here's the bigger problem too. And here's the question, just an overall uh, question about, Falvey, Levine to a certain degree, although I don't know how much of a say he has, and Rocco for sure. New school-wise, these guys are very into analytics, and they're very into where the game is going, and I get all that. But how much, and I'm not being, get off my long guy, how much pure baseball sense do they have? Because it's a combination. That's the sweet spot, the combination. Um, And when I look at how Rocco manages games, and I'm talking little decisions that end up being big. Uh, when I look at how Falvey makes roster moves and they decide who's going to go, your guy Lamont Wade, who who would have been a nice player on this team, maybe not a huge crucial piece, but a nice player, and instead traded for a guy who was DFA'd and picked up by Texas. I don't know that the I don't know that I trust that they know baseball well enough to be in the roles that they're in. I'm not saying I know more. I'm saying there's enough concerning things that you see after the fact where you're like, whoa, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I try to look at these things as objectively as I can, right? And when you, when you look at the moves they've made, the people they've let go, who they've brought on, um, some of it maybe was out of their control. But a lot of these, these things have just not worked out at all. You know, I mean, they, like you said, they let go Wade and Badu, and we've talked about all these guys they've let go. They've brought in uh, a whole pitching staff this year that's been 
atrocious, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's more to being a GM that, than, than just, you know, free agency. And, but, but like, again, they haven't developed the starting pitching. Like there's a lot that they haven't done that I think you need to check those boxes in order to be considered a, a, a top, a top tier front office, which I considered them that for a long time. And I was willing to, to be patient with developing the, the, the pitching. And, um, and I get the, the COVID argument that that set things back, but, but still like, uh, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't really see a lot of evidence anymore that, that these guys have really built something, you know, like th- th- there's no, there's no there there anymore. Like there's no, and there's nobody like there are some prospects that are coming, I guess, but like they shouldn't be in this spot. They were supposed to be world series contenders. Now, as far as your, your thing about analytics, I agree with that. And that's, what's so weird to me about Rocco because Rocco is super high, high emotional IQ in my opinion. Like you watch, I, you know, he did a presser a couple of weeks ago where he was talking about, um, Mike Bell and talking about it was right after Buxton got injured. Yep. And I think that was the same night they, they um, did the tribute to Mike Bell. Yep. I was like, man, this guy is off the charts in terms of understanding people uh, and, and tapping into personalities and just knowing how to, you would think knowing how to, to uh, manage a clubhouse. But then you look at the moves he makes uh, at times. And I do think it's a little too analytics heavy, you know, to, to your point. And, and I'm a big analytics guy, uh, but there's a human element to this game. Humans play this game. And I think the twins ignore that too much. That's exactly I really right. Do. Yes. And, and I also think though, that I've seen some very dumb human beings be sports brilliant. Like they're, sure. they just, they, they couldn't, they couldn't pass a test to save their life, but put them on a field or, an ice surface or court, and they make the right decision almost every time. And they have a sports IQ that's that's very, very large. Rocco, when you look, and, and I feel like now the playoff games were warning shots of this, Jake, but we've now seen it come to fruition of things have gone, as things have, have gone wrong. Uh, Rocco in-game doesn't really seem to know, and I'm not saying that I do at the moment, but it, it becomes crystal clear afterward but I'm also not paid uh, a ton to be in charge of the twins. Uh, Rocco in game doesn't seem to have a feel for the moves that would make a difference. And they might be very small, but I mean, last night I uh, texted you Miguel Sano on first base, two to one game twins are down in the seventh. Keeping Miguel Sano in that game makes no sense. He's not good enough to justify it. He's slow. He ultimately ends up making a dumb play on the base paths. And meanwhile, Nick Gordon is in the dugout. Now, I thought of that as it was unfolding. So I'm not saying that I knew exactly what to do myself, but I'm not paid to know that. Rocco is. But what's the upside? And the moves would have been simple. They would have been simple. Kirilov goes to first, basically, and Gordon is shuffled into the game in center. So it's not like the move was, well, you can't do that. No, you actually could. And that gives you a chance to make it 2-2 because Nick Gordon's incredibly fast and fun to watch play baseball. So these are the type of moves, though. I mean, I know it's small in in the context of things, and I know that the Twins' season is a lost cause. I get all of that. Uh, but But you know what? Tom Kelly puts Nick Gordon in. Paul Molitor puts Nick Gordon in. Like, you got to have that, and that has nothing to do, I don't think, with analytics. It's a feel for where, uh, for game flow, yes. 
But like, where is that move? Because that's the type of move I I need. And I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm dismissing the new school stuff because I'm not. But you got to have a feel for the game as well as what the numbers tell you that you should do. Yeah, and there's certainly been a lot of moves like that. I think if you follow any major league baseball team closely enough, you can you can pick apart moves that the manager has or hasn't made. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly some are better than others. But I, obviously we've talked a ton on this podcast about in-game moves that Rocco's made that, that haven't worked out. But what I look at more than even some of that stuff is is something like pulling Bailey Ober a couple weeks ago after four innings and like 60 pitches uh, when he was in line to get his first major league win. Yeah, Wins don't matter. To us, they certainly don't matter to the twins, uh, front, you know, pitcher wins to the to the front office. But they, you know, who they matter to a lot, Bailey Ober. I'm pretty sure Bailey Ober would have been pretty pumped to get his first major league win, and to pull him in a meaningless game when you're totally out of contention after four really good innings, because I think it, Rocco said there were a couple lefties due up, you know, or at third time through the order, those types of things. That's like. Those are the types of moves where it's like, what? Why would you do that to this kid? Like, all you're gonna do is, uh, you know, impart on him very early this idea that we don't care about you as as a person. We're just making every move based on the book, and that's just how it's gonna be. You know, like, sorry, kid. Well, you know, welcome to the big league. Like, just let him pitch that fifth inning and get that first major league win. Like, those are the types of moves I, I don't understand. I really and there and there have been others along those same lines where it's like you know maybe the analytics tell you one thing but but the human component would tell you another the game doesn't matter so so just you know do something that would make the player happy you know uh so i, I just i i think i think they've they have been too analytics heavy and it's weird for me to say that because i'm a big analytics guy but like 2018 uh you know that clubhouse did not gel at all and i kind of thought they learned their lesson about bringing in um, uh, you know, personalities that maybe clashed uh, with with a lot of people in the clubhouse. But, um, you know, I mean, again, we we don't have access this year, but that clubhouse to me, I, I've got to think is having some serious issues, which which brings me to my point about Josh Donaldson. And I don't think he's the problem at all. Mm-hmm. And I would not trade Josh Donaldson. But, you know, they I, I was reading a, an article about him um, in SI by Stephanie uh, Epstein, and and she was talking about how I think she said Falvey read a book about how it makes sense for like corporations or businesses to bring people in that aren't in line with their overall kind of mantra or their personality type. And that's part of the reason they wanted to sign John Donaldson because the twins are like too nice. Right. And they wanted kind of that um, type a, you know, super high strung guy to motivate people. And, and that makes a lot of sense to me, but now it seems like if they really are looking to move him, um, it, it seems like maybe that's it's just too much for them that they just can't handle that type of personality, and that's really disappointing to me. No. You know, it's real, it, yeah, be, because he's producing, he's producing, and he's so different from from their philosophy. So why would you move that guy? Why would you look to move him? Uh, you know, like and eat and eat money. Like if if he's not producing, it's different. But like you just can't handle his personality. Like well, I I don't know, I don't know what's going on there, but it's weird to me. I think the injuries are a big problem too because he's all, and this is now going to be and. He, Again, they're at fault for that. Like, I had no idea, but when he tweeted after he got the National League Comeback Player of the Year Award early in 2020 here and then proceeded to get hurt, he had tweeted, you know, this award's great, and basically said, I have gone through like seven 
seven calf tears in the past, what, Dex, two years or something like that. And look, it's not my job to know that. It's your job. And so I wonder if they're at the breaking point there as well. I did check on what you said uh, with a person that would know far more than I would about the dynamic of the clubhouse. And I said, what's the Donaldson like? Is there friction there? Because he's definitely a different cat. Is there, you know, problems with Rocco there? And I was told Rocco, actually, it's fine with him. And that for the most part, he's dismissed by his teammates as just this really intense ranting dude at times. So it might not even be a chemistry problem there. I just, there's just something off with his team, which I think goes back, uh, Jake, as well, to 2019, which is, you know, that was the perfect storm of, of Cruz came in and there seemed to be a real harmony and a closeness of that clubhouse. And Rocco didn't have to, to do a thing. Like if Rosario dogged it, which he did, right? At times he'd hit a ball off the wall and trot and get thrown out of second base. Someone else would talk to him. Rocco didn't worry about it. He wouldn't bench him. And I think in 2019, that worked just fine. It's not working now. And that's what I'm, I guess my question is, and it sounds weird to say because I praised him at one time and he deserved it back then. But what's Rocco bringing out? Like in, in a season of almost nothing but crisis. And my other question is, in retrospect, just from a coaching standpoint, how important were, were Derek Shelton, who was his bench coach here and then got the Pirates job, and Mike Bell, who tragically passed away last winter, how important were they to in-game adjustments and changes? Because Rocco certainly seems lost there to a point of, it being odd, like you don't forget what you know. So did, did he go into 2019 and 20 just not knowing as much and the bench coaches helped him cover it up? I don't know, but I think there's a definite question there as well. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, yeah, as far as in-game strategy, right, those those bench guys I think probably helped a lot. I also think James Rousen, uh, was a big factor with the hitters, maybe not as much with in-game moves, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I guess you can you can characterize this as a one-off, as a fluky year with COVID and all of these things, and and obviously the passing of Mike Bell, I'm sure, affected everyone. Um, but I do think, I think Rocco has made a lot of mistakes this year. I, I really do. Like w- w- it, just just in-game mistakes, mm-hmm. you know. And I I, I think. A lot of those were first guesses, the Brandon Waddell types of moves, you know, bringing in Brandon Waddell in the 10th. And, um, and, and so I, I do think he brings a lot to the table from from an emotional IQ perspective. But uh, but I, but that's not enough if you're messing things up constantly on the field. And, and I'm not saying they should fire Rocco, uh, but I do think I think he's had a really bad year. And, and I, I think maybe he's been a little overwhelmed or got a little overwhelmed at all of the stuff that happened at the very beginning of the season. Uh, Dex, what do you think? Do you, what, what are your, what are your Rocco takes? Oh, sorry. You're eating. <laughs> oh, you're, good. you're good. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of starting to lean. I'm, I'm out on him in general. Uh, I don't think he's, 
I, I liked his calm, laid-back nature to start. I thought that was a good thing for this club. I thought it was a little more refreshing um, than just, like, tight, tight old manager baseball guy. Like, I thought his his approach and his laid-back style and lifestyle in general would be a good good thing for that clubhouse. But in general, I just don't think it vibes well at the Donaldson-led clubhouse. And I'd mm-hmm. rather have a type A kind of guy on this team now than a passive, laid back, everything's cool, take a nap before the game, take your time not getting to BP. I think there has to be the happy medium, and I think he's more of a puppet master from the top organization down. I think, I think honestly, I, I think he knows baseball. That's clear. He's obviously a, a, a He's he's credible to be a manager. I don't think I don't think that he's in and out of his shoes necessarily, but I just don't think it works right here with this current Twins team. But the problem yes. that goes to the top there is if he's the puppet master, the people who are pulling the strings are doing a terrible job too. So like that that's the problem is th- this thing. There's an off chance that this thing is rotten from the head on down, and picking on Rocco isn't r- really the fair thing because I mean, look, nobody knew baseball like Molitor did. That guy knew, and I'm not saying he didn't have his problems, because I'm sure he did, but if you're talking about a guy that could tell you what happened with two outs in the third, who came up and did what on what count, Paul could. Situationally, he is a genius. Um, And so these guys clearly were trying to move on and moved on to their guy, but if they're controlling the strings, that basically means you have three guys that don't necessarily know what they're doing at this level. That's concerning. Yeah, it's funny just to to piggyback off Dex's um, comments. Like, I loved the Rocco signing initially because they needed somebody who could con- connect to millennials. I mean, they basically said that, and and Rocco clearly can. That's true. And you know, Rocco is somebody that I would love to get a beer with or hang out in some other way with. You know, and I've talked about that on the podcast. Like, I like him as a guy a lot. You know, and like Donaldson and I. Not that anybody cares, but, you know, we're very different personalities. But in sports, like, aggressiveness, I think, generally wins. And there are certainly a lot of caveats to that, and and you could pick that apart. But I think, in general, mm-hmm. aggressiveness is the way to go. And Donaldson's a very type-A, aggressive guy. He gets in people's faces, and he demands success. And I'm not saying Rocco doesn't do that, but it, I, I, I think he's he's so laid back that I think, while it's great, from a personality perspective, I'm not sure it jives with being a major league baseball manager. I think you might need somebody who's a little more in your face and, and accountability, you know, like David Ross, who's manager of the Cubs, the Cubs are struggling right now, but like he's seen as a very new school, you know, collects connects with millennials. Cause he, you know, he just was playing a couple of years ago. Right. He benches guys when they, he just benched, I believe he just benched Javi Baez when he forgot how many outs there were. He's he benched guys in the past. Schwarber um, last year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Schwarber. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I think those things, uh, they send a message that, you, you know, th- that there is accountability. And Rocco, I don't think has ever benched anybody ever for a no. mental mistake. No, he, he know, doesn't and, want to. You know, and Drilton, right. And Simmons last night in that game, he made a couple of nice defensive plays. He was also really checked out on a couple of plays, you know, where it just seemed like he wasn't even really paying attention. The bad like, throw a- from Jeffers, he literally allowed mm-hmm. to hit his leg and go into center field and looked at it like, ah, oh, whatever. It was, that was a very bizarre play. It was very bizarre. Like, what are you doing? Like, you need to catch, like, so what? It's ball four. The runner can still advance. You need to catch that throw. Yes. Like, that's something that I feel like David Ross and, and other managers would, would would bench a guy for. Um, and when, you know, when you don't do that, I think it sends a message throughout the team that um, 
not being accountable or being checked out at times is okay. You know, and again, you can, you can look at Simmons, you can look at other guys, uh, Rosario at times, like you said, didn't run um, balls out uh, and had to settle for singles. And um, there's just, there hasn't been accountability for those types of mistakes under Rocco. No. And there, but this goes back to Rosario. Cause I, I asked him once flat out. I'm like, are you going to do something when guys, you know, basically fall asleep and he's like you know they get the message and he was just convinced and in 2019 that worked perfectly um i don't know that you need somebody who can turn over the spread but i do think that there has to be accountability and and there's not and it shouldn't be considered a small miracle that, that they've gone to a platoon with sano which i applaud them for but i mean to me that was an easy move Kirloff should play. You know, Nick Gordon sh- should play more. Like, I don't understand. Sometimes I don't get what they're doing game to game right now. Your season's over. Just play guys. Play Nick Gordon. Bench Simmons. I don't give a crap. Trade him. I, I trade him right now. I trade him today for something. I mean, the veteran shortstops now are being moved, right? So m- trade him. Move Polanco, as I keep saying. Get Gordon at second. Gordon can play. You know what? He's not bad in center field. He's turned into a pretty good player out there. He's good athletically. So it's just an overall organizational philosophy that I don't understand where they're coming from. And they don't even seem right now to have a good idea because there's some games where they're totally checked in and it's like, we got to win. It's like, okay, cool. And then last night it's, oh, the bullpen's depleted. Let's bring in Colome after Brielle said looks so good. And it's Colome. Why is he even still here? Well, and, and that gets to your point about Shoemaker. You know, you were saying a few weeks ago, like, why is, you know, when Shoemaker walks past you on the plane, you know, with an ADRA or whatever, that also kind of sends a message. Yes. Like, you know, and I know they, they eventually DFA'd him. Um, but like, yeah, well, I, I don't understand why Colome is still getting innings or on the roster. I guess they're still hoping that he'll put string together six or seven appearances in a row and trade him for something. But to me, that's just a sunk cost exactly. uh, and you just have to eat it. Um, the same with Hap at this point. Like, I think they were hoping that with Hap, but that, that's not going to happen either. So like bring the young kids up, like you said, the Nick Gordon types um, and, and let's see what they got. Well, they're, they're still. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh no. And start claiming guys. Mm-hmm. Like you can claim guys, throw me in your bullpen. Who gives it, you know, find out. Colomay's gone. It's not, it didn't work. It blew up, you know, claim guys in 19. They claim guys, as I recall, left and right. So yep. I don't know. It's just confusing. It's confusing I, and frustrating. I, it feels to me sometimes like the organization is just a little too passive and too nice. You know, you know, like, like Derek Falvey, it seems like a really nice guy. The few times I've interviewed him, he's been really nice. Mm-hmm. Rocco seems like a great guy and that's all great. But like that doesn't win you baseball games, you know, like there has to be a little bit of of kind of a hole, you know, a, a kind of a ruthless, aggressive mentality. Um, and I think that's why they brought in a guy like Donaldson. And, and, and I'm disappointed to see that they're trying to trying to move him like that. I, I, I get the injuries are a concern. I get Jose Miranda is coming and you have to find a spot for him. Um, but I just think whether it's Donaldson or somebody else. They need more of those types of personalities in there, That, in my view. All right, Jake DePierre, thank you. We will talk to you next uh, Monday again as we return to our ordinary Talking Twins schedule. All right, thanks, guys. See you. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? 
Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.